Shalom, 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 alaikum. This is Dr. Israel welcoming you to our bi-weekly broadcast, Shema Yisrael. Hear, O Israel. Hear what? Hear that the Lord, our God, the Lord is one, the one and only, the ultimate source and cause of everything that himself has no cause, but is the cause of everything, infinite creative intelligence. Bokaratov in the Hebrew language. Good morning to all of you listeners. Welcome to this wonderful BBS broadcast uh, to disseminate and lift up the name of the one true God of Israel for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The lost sheep of the house of Israel, those ancient souls like myself, who were just sort of living on the side of life, not really being involved in the dynamic intelligence flow of our God because we were conditioned to accept someone else's God. And of course, you know, if the shoe doesn't fit, you cannot wear it. It hurts and it doesn't feel good. So we have been resurrected from that that deplorable dead state in which our whole group has been resting in for 400 years, being misdirected, serving a man, not serving God, not knowing the one true God of Israel, because we have been in exile. We have been down in the in the dunya. We have been sleep. We have been dead. We have been necrosed. We have been negroes. We have been dead. And we have now being awakened to the power of the almighty God to know to know the one true God visitor. So it's a wonderful, wonderful blessing to be here and to be appointed to lift up the name of the one true God, our God of Israel. In our previous broadcast, I encourage you to look up the miracle prayer entitled Anna Bacor, because we're in a new season of our life. And this season, and the reason that I'm on the air, is to uh, inaugurate, if you will, the dawning the dawning of a new dispensation, a dispensation of holiness, a dispensation of knowledge, a dispensation of being connected to the ultimate reality, to, connect, to be connected to that one true God, the God of Israel, and to announce to my people that we are a people. We have been called of various and sundry names, given titles, but we've never called holy. And once I reached manhood, I began to study the Torah and uh, met wonderful people who were instrumental in my awakening. And perhaps one of the most significant individuals who facilitated my awakening is Dr. Raphael Haller. Dr. Raphael Haller is an Orthodox Jewish man and scholar whom I met in the hollowed corridor of academia. He was teaching a wonderful, brilliant teacher. And he saw my interest in, in the Yehudut and reached out to me and began to share a wealth of information about the Yehudut and taking me to various uh, places of worship to contrast the different 
forms of worship between Orthodox Judaism, Conservative Judaism, Reform Judaism, giving me a sedur to read, giving me talit to put on, giving me a kippah to wear. This man, Dr. Raphael Haller, is such a holy, holy man. And when I said, you know, I want to go to Israel, he said, oh, don't worry, I'll go with you. And he accommodated me, accompanied me and my wife, and we had the most wonderful time. So this is a beautiful season of our life. And that season and, and these miracles happened when we say this Anabakoak prayer. So I want to, first thing to do is review this prayer, say a prayer with you again, because I want you to encourage you, because God wants to empower you. He wants to show you himself. He wants to reveal himself that, yes, there is a God. And we have always heard that there was a God, but we haven't known that there is a God. But now we know that there is a God. And now, moreover, we know that we are his sons and daughters. So it is a very, very wonderful uh, season in our life. Let me start with the Anabakoak prayer. Anabakoak we beg you with the strength of the greatness of your right hand, untie the bundle of our sins. Accept the prayer of your people, strengthen us, purify us, O awesome one. Please, O strong one, those who foster your oneness, like the pupil of an eye, guard them. Barakim, Taharim, Rakamesis, Dateka, Tamidgam, Lem. Bless them, purify them, show them mercy. May your righteousness always recompense them. Hasen Kadosh Barov Tufka Nahil Aditeka, powerful Holy One, with the abundance of your goodness, guide your congregation. Yehi Gahi, Lemeka Pei Zokare Kadusha Teka. Unique, exalted one to your people, turn those who proclaim your holiness. Shavatenu kabil ushmasa zakatenu yodea talmud. Our entreaty accept and hear our cry, O Noah of mysteries. And with all our prayers, we end by connecting the heaven and the earth by saying, Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever and ever. This is a very powerful prayer during this period, the season of redemption. And I told you also that there is in this time period a, a song of redemption. It's, it's called a single, double, triple, quadruple song of redemption. The single, double, Triple, quadruple song of redemption. Na na nakman nakman mi uman. Na na nakman nakman mi uman. Na na nakman nakman mi uman. In veneration of the Sadiq of this generation, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, that great Hasidic master. So it's a great, great, great season in our life, the beginning of a new cycle in life. And you'll hear. Dr. Israel clapping my hand because one thing that Rebbe Nachman teaches us is that there are 28 joints in our hand. And when we clap our hand, we arouse the 28 letters, letters that are in the first verse of the Torah in Genesis 1 1, which says, Bereshit bera Elohim et Hashemayim. 
v'haretz, v'et ha'aretz. Bereshit bere Elohim hashemayim v'et ha'aretz. In English, in the beginning of God's creating the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that was created was created by those 28 letters. And Rabbi Nachman says, because of the 28 joints in our hands, when we clap our hands, we arouse the sanctity of these 28 letters that took place. And we end up purifying the air around us, particularly those of us who have been to Israel and walked on that land with a holy purpose. When we clap our hands, Hashem is with us and his holy air, the land of the holy land of Israel is around us and we dispel the impure air around us. So Adonai is doing wonderful things. Please do your research. Na na nachman nachman meuman, the single double triple quadruple song of redemption here to help correct the rectify the Brit, which we've solid by our behavior that's inconsistent with holiness, as well as we've given this tool by um, this holy man who's a Tana, Rabbi Nukaniya bin Hakana, the Anabakor uh, prayer. So let's start now today with our discourse here. Let me start by this prayer. Adonai Sifatai Tifataak Ufi Yagir Tehilateka, which in Hebrew, which means in English, oh Lord, open my lips that my mouth may proclaim your praises because the main purpose of life, oh lost sheep of the house of Israel and my audience, the main purpose of life is to serve God and to walk in his way for the sake of God's holy name alone in order to merit to know him. And that's the purpose of life, to come to this earth to cultivate your spiritual potential, to lift yourself up from the love of which we descended into this lower lower physical realm to elevate ourselves up by the hasulam, the ladder, climbing Jack, Jacob's ladder as a metaphor for elevating our consciousness to be united with the ultimate reality, that ultimate reality, G-O-D, the generator, the organizer, dispenser of all of the intelligence that orchestrates and administers everything. When we are, are in synchrony with that, we are in, in Satchit Ananda, we are existence consciousness and bliss to use a word from a different tradition. So it's a very beautiful season that we have an opportunity now to turn from our worldly ways. Oh, law sheep of the house of Israel, because for so long we were so impoverished that we wanted an abundance of material things. And being in America, which is the wealthiest country in the world, we've had for the past 50 years access to the highest level of affluence here in America. And what we've realized now at the threshold of maturity at 70 years of all, 70 years of age, that, oh, material things can't satisfy you. They, they may give you a certain a measure of status in society, but they never satisfy the soul. And that's why accruing material things are perhaps is the first thing that the young underdeveloped soul does. You want to get some stuff, only to realize that stuff and things do not give us happiness and lead to life. Our life, if without being connected to the upper realm, is merely a biological life. It's characterized by 50% value. 
biological life is 50% value, that is the value of the relative phenomenal creation. But to have 100% of life, we must have two components, the relative and the absolute, the physical and the spiritual. And now we are about having accrued material things and discover the bust of material things. They cannot make us happy. We must go further and our souls yearns and longs and hungers for something else. And when we become uh, aware of the mechanics of our own facilitating our own evolution by engaging in spiritual practice such as reciting the quintessential proclamation of God's sovereignty. This is a technology of consciousness. This raises your consciousness because we are articulating Hebrew letters. And Hebrew letters are not merely conventional sounds. They are extraordinary sounds. They are impulses of divine light, primal, profound spiritual forces that create reality, have an immediate effect. So let me start here now by proclaiming. God's sovereignty. He is the one and only true God. There is no other. We'll see it in the Hebrew language found in Deuteronomy 6, 4. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Eloheinu, Hashem Echad. V'yahavta et Adonai Eloheka b'kal lavaveka, uv'kal nafsheka, uv'kal mo'adeka. Hear, O Yisrael, the Lord our God, the Lord is one and only, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your recesses, resources. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever. This is the one of the most expedient mitzvah. This is a commandment to, to proclaim each day the recognition of, of the one true God, the one infinite source of absolute creative intelligence that is orchestrating the destiny of the world, that every individual is an individual aspect of that total reality of consciousness, the one, the all, and the all is the one. And so in this season, God himself is resurrecting his people. God himself is resurrecting us because we come from a population of forgotten people. We come from the lowest level. We come from the population that everybody discounts and counts out. And the irony of it is that when Hashem came to me and said, I am his son, he said, not only am I son, look in this, look out in this world and you see that the least is really the first, potentially. So that says that the lost sheep of the house of Israel, the population from which I came from, that we are God's children, that God is going to reach down and has reached down in time to pick us up, to lift us up out of the ghettos, take off the superficial identities that were inherited through the noble actions of integrationists who wanted to give us some titles. And God said, these are inappropriate titles for you. You are my son. Go to Exodus 4.22 and you will see yourself because I don't have any biological children. I have a nation of kings and priests and that nation is Israel and you are part of that nation. So God himself is coming to get us. It won't be that the rabbis are going to come over to our population and say, oh, you disenfranchised people. Let me help you. No, no one's going to say anything. You might meet a compassionate individual like I met Dr. Ralph Haller. 
And Dr. Raph Haller saw my yearning and felt my yearning. And because of his extraordinary genius and his 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 soul, he's a Mahatma like Mahatma Gandhi. He's a great soul, and because of this, he had compassion on me. But that was exceptional. He had compassion on me as long as 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 I was living there with him in the in the university teaching uh, there. He was willing to give me information, and some other Yehudis did the same thing. Doctor Doctor Robert Goldstein a great electrophysiologist at the University of Wisconsin when I was a young doctoral student said to me one day after hearing that I said, my grandmother said, we're the children of Israel, said, I'm going to teach you a prayer and I want you to say this prayer and your life is going to change. And he taught me the Shema and I want you to learn the Shema. That's why I say Shema Yisrael, Hashem Eloheinu, Hashem Echad. There's a very profound, sacred, primal utterances that have a physiological effect, a psychophysiological effect on you by elevating your mind to the status, to the union, the union with God being one, that the knower and the known are one, united. And we see a beautiful prophecy in Yeheskel, Ezekiel chapter 34. Verse 11 through 13, Hashem himself says, For thus says the Lord God, I indeed, I myself will search out my sheep and search them out. He's going to search us out and he's searching us out. And I've seen this taking place when I was going to Israel. I met other people, people from Ohio, people from Florida saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to Israel. You know, God is one. You know, I've, I've been resurrected from, from the grave. God has changed my name. These type of things are happening, and it is God Almighty. You know, one thing I observe is when I go to sometimes listen to people in the various institutions talk about God, they always talk about what God did, what he did. They never talk about what God is doing. And I'm on the cutting edge, and I see what God is doing. God is doing something wonderful. He says it right here in Ezekiel again, chapter 36, verse 26 through 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes. There again, I'm clapping my hands. Uh, arousing the sanctity of the land of Israel to substantiate and verify this truth that has just been articulated. God is putting a new spirit in us. We're taking away the spirit of lust, taking away the spirit of idolatry, taking away the spirit of money lust, and placing us in his care to say, you are my sons. You have a purpose. It isn't just to play basketball. It isn't to be the strongest man to run the football. It is to be the holiest man to lead humanity. The father of humanity leads humanity in prayer. He leads humanity in righteousness. He leads humanity in integrity. He leads humanity in morality. This is our calling, Israel. This is my calling. Come, my son, learn my Torah. Come, my son, Go to the Yehudim. They will teach you many, many things that you do not know. For I have called them to carry my word. They suffered 
and died just like you. You were here and they were in Germany suffering, being slaughtered and killed. Mm. And you were here being slaughtered and killed and shot down and hung and castrated. But now from this brother, from another mother, he's going to teach you how to serve me. He's going to teach you how to walk in my way. He's going to teach you how to go to the holy wall in Jerusalem and how to pray. He's going to teach you the Aleph Bet. Read what he has said about the Aleph Bet. Read the great rabbis. Read the great Zadokim. They know the way. You don't know the way. So we're just raising up out of the Christian grave where we've been laying complacently, waiting on Jesus to come back and save us. And of course, he isn't going to come back and save us because it's clear now that we are awake and can deduce and think for ourselves and read the Torah for ourselves to arrive at our own decisions. Oh, of course, the Messiah hasn't come. When we understand the Jewish concept of Mashiach, and we understand the Tanakh, and we read the Torah and the Nevium and the Ketuvium, the, the prophets and the writings, and we'll see all of these messianic prophecies, that none of them are fulfilled. And moreover, we have been asleep for 400 years. So this is happening. Something very wonderful is happening. It happened to me. It happened to me in 1980 when I was resurrected from the death from the dead. And it happened to me. And immediately as it happened, I said, well, who am I? And it says, go read Isaiah chapter 44. So turn with me now to Yeshayahu, Isaiah chapter 44, verse 4 and 6. And it reads thus, I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offsprings. And they will spring up among the grass like willows by the water course. And one will say, I belong to Hashem. It's in Gadsden, Alabama, Boaz, Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama, Chicago, Illinois. Somebody wake up in the ghetto and say, wait a minute, I belong to God now. What are you talking about? We just was doing the most wretched things last night. No, I'm, 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 with, I'm with God now. Huh? He called, and he called him and said, no, don't, don't call me Willie no more. Don't call me Willie. My name is Ethan. My name is a holy Hebrew name. My name is Zachariah. Change his name to a holy name because when you change your name, you change your destiny. And when you take on a holy Hebrew name, you change your destiny for the best. You rise up out of the lower realm of filth and immorality and decadence where we black people have lived for 400 years. And we get something holy. We get a vibration. God said, here, take this name. A name is a vibration that the soul rides upon so that the soul can take on the meaning of the vibration. And just like Adonai always changed his holy people's name, he changed our forefathers, Abram, to Abraham, and Sarah, to Sarai, to Sarah. And holy people have holy vibrations for their incarnation objective. So one's going to call himself by the name of Jacob. Another going to write on his name, the Lord. No, mama, I don't want no, I don't eat pork no more. I'm not eating pork, no, and I, and I don't want to go down to the church no more. I don't want to hear those same stories. I don't want to serve man. I'm, something in me says that, 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 that this is a God, 
I can't put it into word that something in me is crying out for something. And then one says here, and he's going to surname himself by the name of Yisrael. Yisrael from Yeshar El. Straight, straight to God. Don't want nothing else. Just want to be God's servant. That's when we know what our purpose is. And we didn't know what our purpose was. Oh, lost sheep of house of Israel. We first thought our purpose was to be great singers because they just let those of us who God gave talent to, they, they put them in the arena and they explore them and they get their, their fleshly trinkets but they don't serve God, and then they die. Look at all of our stars. Where are they? Michael Jackson, Prince, Isaac Hayes, James Brown. Where are they? Nobody's holy. Everybody's singing for the other side, and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And when I'm clapping my hands, remember, I'm exciting. Those 28 letters, those 20 Hebrew letters that says, Bereshit, Bera, Elohim, Et, Hashemayim, the Et Haaretz, those 28 letters that everything were created, holy letters, I'm invoking them so as to amplify the spiritual content of what I'm saying so that you will hear what God is saying to you because God is calling you. He's put me on this platform to call you because he wants you to be holy. He wants to show you a deeper deeper dimension of life. We have been on the very surface of life, uh, uh, arguing and fighting about superficial things, the color of our skin. Someone has this color. Someone doesn't have this color. We're identifying with the most superficial aspects of ourselves. And Hashem says, tell them to stop it because I breathe into him my spirit. You are a spirit. You are a level of consciousness. We all have these bodies and agendas, these these genders and these bodies to facilitate our incarnation objective. That's all. Nothing to get hung about. Who you who are you? You are an eternal impulse of the divinity of God falling into this realm with husk around you so that you can work this off and come to know God. So Isaiah 40, 44 is very beautiful. Hasef him doing it. Why? Because in Exodus 4.22, he says, tell Pharaoh to let my son Israel, Israel is my firstborn son, and we have been suffering here for 400 years. This has been our predicament. Our predicament as verbalized and prophesied in Genesis uh, chapter 15, verse 13. See, this is our predicament. Our predicament, black people, lost sheep of the house of Israel and otherwise, you are in exile. This is our predicament. You are in exile. And it says in Genesis chapter 15, verse 13, then said Then he said to Abram, know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will and will serve them and they will afflict them for 400 years. Now, we came here in 1619 and this is 2019. That's 400 years. That's a perfect fit for me. When I look at the scripture, I've read other interpretations that try to account for someone else meeting this criteria of having been enslaved for 400 years. But I don't know any people other than my people who this prophecy 
describes. We've been here for 400 years and now. And one other thing that we are sending here, you can see our condition of being sent into exile in Deuteronomy 28, verse 68. And it says, the Lord shall take you back to Egypt in ships and offer you there for sale. So here is, again, a metaphor, a prophecy in the scripture, a blueprint. The Torah is a blueprint that describes life. When you look in the Torah, you can see yourself. You do not have to ask some rabbi to explain to you what that means. God now is saying to you, you're no longer going to need a teacher. He says that in Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah says no one's going to need a, in 31 chapter of uh, Jeremiah says you're not going to need a teacher for you're all going to know Hashem from the least to the greatest and he's going to raise us up and he's going to give us our Lashon HaKodesh. He's going to teach us how to pray the holy language because if you are Hebrew I submit to you that you have a genetic predisposition to learn the language of the God of the Hebrew people because God says in Exodus 3 5 Moses said we met the God of the Hebrews we are the Hebrew people have a Hebrew God with a Hebrew language and the Hebrew language are impulses of transcendental light so that we can be connected to the upper world and read the Torah and find out the beauty of the Torah, the wholeness of the Torah. Oh, it's so rich, my brothers and sisters, and I come against anyone who has said that the Torah is an Old Testament. I come against you and I tell you to your face, you are a lie. Because God's words are eternal. And if you don't think so, you can consult Psalms 119 right now. Psalms 119 verse 89 says, O Hashem, your words are fixed in the heavens. Just as Hashem said uh, in Hebrew, Bereshit bera Elohim et Hashemayim v'et Haaretz. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then he says, Yahi or let there be light. And guess what happened when he said that? Light occurred. Yahi or Vayahi or there was light. He also spoke the firmament. Uh, Yahi Rakia. Let there be a firmament. And is there still light? Yes. And is the firmament still in place? Yes. So it's the same as God still saying today, let there be light. And there is light. Let there be a firmament. And there's a firmament. And all of the creation is continuously revivifying itself, recreating itself, recreating itself. So anyone who says that the, there is an Old Testament is absolutely ignorant of what God has done and ignorant of the sanctity and power of the Aleph Bet. The, God's words don't get old. And the universe doesn't crumble like an old crumbled piece of old bread because God's words are fixed there. So that's very important for you to know that something wonderful, wonderful is happening. And we have been in exile. And this broadcast, which is called Shema Yisrael, announces the dawn, a prophetic redemption of the most ancient souls, the most ancient souls, those souls that are old and black, because that's important to understand, because that's an intelligence quotient that has not been considered, that interfaces us with the spiritual forces of this life and give us 
the power to do the things that we can do while we can play basketball and jump and run. But these are all very elementary things, nothing to get hung about. The thing about you, O house of Israel, is that you are a servant of the one true God, the one true God of Israel. And you have one purpose, and your purpose is to make known to the world that there is God. You have one weapon. One weapon and one weapon only, O house of Israel, our house of Israel, our weapon is prayer, tefillah, oh hallelujah, the ability to call upon God and have the God to respond. You have the ability to interface, to become with the one source, to become one with the knower, the knower and the known can become one and the wishes of the knower and the known become one, and you live in harmony, and you have an opportunity to speak life, and speak life, and evolve life, and become higher people. And that's my calling here today, is to speak to those lost sheep of the house of Israel, those who, like myself, who were brought here in the loin of our forefathers during the north, north Atlantic slave trade, we were brought here and put into the abyss, the deepest abyss the deepest of abyss hallelujah hallelujah god's word will never fail notre dame may burn down but god's word will never fail so let me encourage you to 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 take a stand to have a talk with god to say to god oh father i want to be righteous let me point out something to you that I fail to hear anywhere. I see people, I say to them, how are you? They say, oh, I'm wonderfully blessed and I'm saved. And your, 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 your school is broken. Your family is broken. Your community is broken. There's violence in your community. You don't have any blessings at all, but you just believe in serving the God of the uh, oppressor, which is the Christian God, which is not your God. Everybody has a God, huh? But you, O Israel, this is your quintessential and paramount mitzvah to say, our God is the one true God. So our condition is first and foremost a, a condition of being in exile. And when you're in a condition of exile, you're in a condition of being, and you were sent to that exile by God himself, as we said in Deuteronomy 28, 68, God himself sent us into this exile because of the sins of our forefathers and because he wanted to bring us to a deeper revelation of what it means to be his son. And what it means to be his son is that you can only serve him. Being his son means serving God. It doesn't mean pursuing the world and getting lots of money. It means having a connection to the upper world, being connected with the power of God, being able to pray for the condition of the world and can transform yourself and transform the world. So our exile is a condition of banishment, a condition of being alienated from our God and his goodness. And we cannot in this exile have a blessing of the almighty God. Our being here is, as we know and have lived, a form of punishment, and we are not going to integrate into society and be a part of the society and live happily ever after. You are not, black man, going to be a part of the political system and become the replacement of Caucasians into their system of white supremacy. No, you are going to, at this time, recognize your unique identity. You are a spiritual being. You have a capacity. You have a potential to be spiritual. You have a gift. You have the, the most 
expedient weapon on the planet is prayer. You have to pray. You pray will make you holy and you will transform the world. You will be what our ancestors were when they were in the fullness of their the fullness of their consciousness and relationship with God. So it's an insult to logic and, 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 and reason and the sacred scriptures to, to proclaim that anyone has ever fulfilled the messianic promises. When you know, if you read, see the thing about us black people, we couldn't read and we still are not terribly literate. But those of us who have read and were educated, we wanted to do all that we could to maximize our earning potential and accrue some stuff. But really, what we're given an education for is to turn and read the scriptures and find out the multidimensional, multidimensional levels of the scripture and how God's word is multifaceted and how God's word can be used to expedite our own personal revolution. And then how God's word can be given to our community to sanctify our community so that we can rid our community of violence and killing and mass shootings and people's consciousness will be raised to have the security and the protection of Hashem, and you won't have to have a gun. So it's important to understand right now that where we are is at a very critical point. Now, this is the uh, the present point of power from which we can change the past and influence the future. We can change our past of being uh, nobodies or being ends or being rappers or pursuing money. And those of you who are in the rapping world and you think you're going to pursue money and have money, no. The way you build a society is let Hashem build a society, as it says over in the Psalms. Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain uh, that build it. So I want to point out that slavery and uh, salvation are in, incompatible. You can't have God's salvation and at the same time be a slave. Um, and so we want to now uh, talk just a little bit about the word Messiah. Huh? And because so many of us are so confused about Messiah and Mashiach, and we were taught as black people that Jesus was our Messiah. But more importantly, we were taught that if we didn't believe that, you see, if we didn't believe that, we would not have a taste of the world to come. And we knew that our position in this this world was, was zero. And if we didn't accept their religious teachings, we would not have a place in the world to come. And that's just not true. Jewish people believe in the eventual coming of Mashiach. But their definition and concept of Mashiach is very different from what the Christians have done with the word. The word Messiah is an English rendering of the Hebrew word Mashiach. And the word Mashiach just simply means anointed. It refers to a person who's uh, being initiated into God's service by being anointed with oil. We see several examples of that in the scripture. To turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 29 and verse 7, we'll see a perfect example of this anointing. Let me read from you. And you shall take anointing oil and pour it on his head. And anoint him. We see a second example of this in First Kings, uh, verse thirty-nine, one thirty-nine. The Zadok, the priest, took a horn of oil from the tabernacle, and anointed Solomon. And they blew the horn, and all the people said, "Long live King Solomon." The third and final example I'll give you 
of an individual being anointed with oil, be considered a messiah or have been mashiach, be smeared with oil, is Second Kings 9.3. Then take the flask of oil and put it on his head and say, Thus said the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. So the word Mashiach does not mean savior. The notion of a semi-divine being, someone who's good and wonderful and perfect and half God and half man is going to come here and save us from the consequences of our own sin is nowhere in the Torah. I don't know where that comes from, but it's not Jewish or Hebraic in thought at all. It's a nice story, but it has nothing to do with the Mashiach that Israel is waiting for, because the Mashiach that Israel is waiting for will be a great political and military leader, be a charismatic charismatic leader. He'll inspire others to follow his example. And uh, the, there's a universal criteria among the Jewish Hebrew people that says the Mashiach is going to do six things. Let me review those with you in the Tanakh. It says the Messiah, Messiah the Mashiach, will build the third temple. We'll find in this Ezekiel 36, 26 through 28. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them, and I will establish with them and multiply them, and I will set my sanctuary in their midst forever. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God, and they shall be my people, and the nations also will know that I, the Lord sanctifies Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore. And Jesus did not build a third temple. The Mashiach will gather all the Hebrews back to the land of Israel. We see that it's in uh, Isaiah chapter 43, 5 and 6. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. And I will say to the north, give them up. And I will say to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. That Prophecy has yet to be fulfilled. No one has ever fulfilled that, and we're waiting on the Mashiach to fulfill that. And that is coming because we are dawning into that historic period where the world is going to shift from darkness to light. The third thing that we note that the Mashiach is going to do is going to usher in an age of peace. In all hatred, oppression, suffering, and disease, we feed this in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 4. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords and the plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up swords against nations. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Oh, what a glorious day that's going to be. A day we won't have to have guns, two and three guns. Go and look in your house. And how many guns do you have? Isn't it absurd that you have to have that many guns? And someone has told us that the Mashiach has already come. And so you know that in this reign of terror and fear that the Mashiach hasn't come because in the age of the Mashiach he's going to end all of this hatred, all of this violence all this suffering, all of disease. And what is the Mashiach going to do? The fourth thing he's going to do, he's going to spread universal knowledge of the God of Israel. He won't be talking about Buddha. He won't be talking about Rastafari. He won't be talking about some demigod, some small god. He'll be talking about 
the God of God, the God who created the universe in six days and who sanctified the seventh day and commanded his nation to rest on that seventh day and let that divinity that characterized the Shabbat be infused in their consciousness and elevate them and restore them. This is what I think the Mashiach is going to do. It's going to tell everybody about that God. And God is one king. It's going to see that in Zechariah, Zechariah 14.9. God will be king over all the world on that day. God will be one and his name will be one. And we'll all praise his name. And see the oneness and the uniqueness, and oh, it's such a such a blasphemous thing to 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 say that my God has a woman and the woman got a baby. I'm the one that got a woman. I'm a man. I don't want no woman to have no baby. <laughs> God wants a baby. Just say be. Hallelujah. The Mashiach is also going through five things. He's going to the fifth things. He's going to be anointed the king of Israel. We see that in Second Shemuel, Second Samuel, seven. 12 through 16. When your days are fulfilled and rest with your fathers, I will set up your seeds after you and I will come from you. That will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom and I will build a house, a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And I will be his father and he shall be my son. And that son doesn't mean like the only begotten son. Israel is God's son. Israel is God's son, he says in uh, Exodus 4.22 and throughout. He also, Israel is God's servant. He's also the suffering servant. And that's you. You and I are the servant of God. and We are the sons of God. And if he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the son of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you and your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. And your throne shall be established forever and ever. And the sixth thing that the Messiah will be, the Messiah will have a correct genealogy, being directly descended from King David and King Solomon. And uh, who was Joseph? Jesus' so-called father in Matthew 1, 6, and in Luke, the third chapter, and verse 23, there are conflicting reports of their genealogy. And there's a 15th. Uh, 15 generation difference between these two scriptures. Uh, so there's quite confusion that the, the genealogy of Jesus is questionable. So we African-Americans, we have been misdirected by the dominant culture and our love for God. We have an innate love for God was hooked to a plow of their exploitation and we were forced to accept their God a God, a man shaped in their image, created in their image that we prayed to. And subliminally, our brain computer was was, compro- was programmed to think that God is a man. And he was a man that looked like the men who had enslaved us. And we have complacently waited for an event that is never going to occur because there is no second coming. The notion of a second coming implies the failure of the first. <laughs> doesn't it? So it's evident in the perpetual creation that God never fails. There's no scriptural basis in the Jewish Bibles that supports the idea of a second coming. The Mashiach will come 
once and only once and before is coming the Mashiach, the system of racism and white supremacy and black militancy and war and warmongering will be dismantled and permanently abandoned and our consciousness will be raised to see the reality of our duality, that we are one spirit, that we are all a fluctuation of that creative intelligence. We have an incarnation objective that is to praise God. And we have a a responsibility to, as the Yehudut says, to, to tikkun olam. We have to make this world better, eradicate racism, eradicate hatred, put down the gun, raise up the banner, raise up the name of God, who alone is holy. He is the Holy One, and His name shall be blessed forever and ever. So let us pray that the Messiah come. Start, stop saying that the Messiah came and said, oh, we need the Messiah. Come, Messiah. Please come. If each one of us every day says, come, Messiah, and we put that on the forefront of our consciousness, we can speak reality into existence because the universe is a sentient being and when you surrender and your prayers to the universe with a sincere heart the universe responds to you hallelujah 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 so it's a beautiful beautiful season in our life a season to come to know the one true god it says beautiful in hosea chapter 2 19 and 20 i will betroth you to me forever yes i will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice in loving kindness and in mercy and i shall betroth you in faithfulness and you shall know oh that's a beautiful word it didn't say you shall believe the Torah does not teach that you have to believe in God because the people of God already know that God is the one true, unique spiritual being that masterminds the universe. Our decision is where to accept this God as our God and to live. And I will be talking about this in my next presentation, which will be accepting the yoke of the kingdom of heaven, which is what we must do as we move from this present point of power, our awakening uh, from the Christian grave, getting out of that grave and said, yes, God is not a man. God is an infinite, eternal, transcendental being that's actually unfathomable, incapable of knowing. And that's why we don't pronounce the name of God. We say, Hashem. The name, because God's name is not a name in the human sense. It is a name in the sense of a sacred sequence of power and letters that have an effect. So I have to recapitulate what I've said today. I've said that this is the dawning of a new historical period, the resurrection of the dead. This is that great getting up morning that our grandparents used to sing and that great getting up morning fare thee well. Yes, we're going to leave this earth by mentally. But not physically. We're going to stay on this earth because earth is man's heaven. It's paradise that we can create and make an ideal world because the sons of God are waking up. The men of God are waking up and the men of God have a mandate. We have a mandate to serve God. 
We have a mandate to lift up his name. We have a mandate to guard our eyes and wear tzitzit. We have a mandate to exhibit and demonstrate loving kindness to everybody. We have a mandate to see who are those people. Those people are the sons of God. Those people are the light. Those people are the ministers. Those people are the kings. Those people are the priests. Those people are the talented people who have the light of God. And through them, we can see the image of God. Through their voice, we can hear his voice. You won't hear God in the ghetto cussing and saying terrible things. That only leads to death and dying. What we have to do, oh, lost sheep of the house of Israel, is arise to our posture. Say yes to God. Yes. Yes to his calling to be holy in Leviticus 19.2. Will you be holy? Yes, I'll be holy. Will you guard your eyes? Yes, I will guard my eyes. Will guard your affection? Yes, I will guard my affection. Will you study my Lashon HaKodesh? Yes. Will you read my Torah? Yes. Will you set an example for your neighbor? Yes. Will you put your gun down? Yes. Will you put down hatred? Yes. Will you raise up the banner of my name? Yes. Am I enough for you? Yes. You are enough because Atai Had Ushimoi Had. You are one and your name is one. This is why we say every day Shema Yisrael. Hashem Eloheinu. Hashem Echad. And I love him with all my heart and I love him with soul and all my resources. I'm going to be a man. You can't be a man without being a man of God. You can't be a man without being a man of God. Boys play ball. Children learn sports. But men serve God and study the Torah. And this is your calling, O lost sheep of the house of Israel, to turn from your wicked ways, call upon the God of Israel and indicate your commitment, your desire to walk with him, your desire, because this is the propitious moment in our history. This is the time we've we've come up from. I have a dream. We wanted a dream, but we know that a dream is a state of consciousness that's not really real. So we don't really want a dream. We want to be in harmony, in union with the God of Israel. We want to love God and honor God with all our hearts, all our soul, all our resources. We want to set these commandments that God has given us on our forefront of our mind. We want to talk about them as we go on our way. We want to talk about them when we meet our friends and talk about God, we won't talk about the game. We want to tell our children that who they are, that they are the sons of God, that God has a standard of behavior. We have to acknowledge that coming up out of the dunya uh, and up out of the grave, that we have been immoral. And immorality is one of the principal causes of our poverty, black people. So we have lived an immoral life. We have practiced idolatry by attributing to God. Uh, attributes unto man, and that's not true. And so we're just, we're sort of like 
just beginning to reach young adolescents. I'm not going to call us men yet because men serve God. Men know the Torah. Men walk with God. We don't know any of these things. We're just beginning to learn that God is one. That's why I'm saying to you, it's important that you say every day, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. I'll never forget Dr. Goldstein said, you say this and your life is going to change. And I said it and my life did change. I went to Israel. I sat with King David. I walked upon holy ground. Oh, I took my mikvah, Shimon Bar Yochai, and Rabbi Isaac Luria, and I walked the holy city of Sfat with the holy rabbis like Rabbi Avshi and his father up there at Rav Shalom uh, Yeshiva. Holy, holy people in Sfat. I also want to give out a shout out to my people in Muncie and all of the people that I met in Uman, Ukraine, at the Keva of Rabbi Nachman of Breslev, that great Hasidic rabbi who's left a plan to rectify the world, which we will bring to you in our next discourse to talk about the teaching of Rabbi Nachman and the Tikkun Haklali, the ten sets of psalms that will correct the bread. So I greet you as I leave today in the Hebrew language, the language of our forefathers, Shalom Aleichem. May Hashem be blessed and glorified. And may we say, Na na nakman nakman me uman. Na na nakman nakman me uman. Na na nakman nakman me uman. This is the single, double, triple, quadruple song of redemption and our song, Anabakoak. Anabakoa Gadulaje Minka Tatia Setrua Kabil Renadam Kasak Venu Taharenu Nora Nagi Bordo She Yahudika Kavavat Shamrim Barakim Tarim Rakami Sets Tatika Tamidkim Lem Asin Kadosh Barov Tufka Nahila Titeka Yahid Gehila Mekape Zokare Kadusha Teka Shavatenu Kabil Ushma Sazakatenu Yodea Talmud and to our next broadcast, Shalom Aleikum. Peace be upon you, Koel Yisrael.